0: Hey friend, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I'm a therapist who loves to draw you closer to Jesus, teach you how to hear the Holy Spirit, and offer practical tools to help you walk confidently in who you are in Christ. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And on Wednesdays, we sprinkle in guest interviews with people I feel can equip your mental, emotional, relational, physical, or even spiritual health. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Stick around until the end of today's show for a short segment where I share counselor approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Well, welcome to the first guest interview of 2023. This is a special year. I am glad that you're here. And today's episode equips your spiritual health as we discuss standing confidently in our identity in Christ. I can't think of a better way to bring in this new year. Amanda Pittman is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and the founder of Confident Woman Co., a ministry that equips women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. Through Confident Women Co., Amanda hosts retreats, conferences, online events, podcasts, videos, and much more. Amanda lives near Dallas, Texas with her husband, Michael, and her two children, Elijah and Lily. This conversation with Amanda was anointed and full of wisdom.
1: Please help me welcome her to the show. Well, hello, Amanda, welcome to the show thank you so much for having me rachel i have been looking forward to this and um even us chatting beforehand i'm so eager for a conversation
0: i know I, we were just talking and i was like wait hold on i need to hit record <laughs> because this is good good stuff the lord is yeah. just already speaking here i love when that happens he just kind of brings two yeah. people and our hearts are aligned and it's just so fun so i'm excited to chat uh i like to start by asking all of my guests What is a random or fun fact about you that I would have not have just read in your professional bio? So I
1: I like this question only when it's online, um, which this is perfect because otherwise I have nothing interesting. Um, I would say that I am four foot, 11 inches, and most people don't know that about me when they meet me online. And then when they meet me in person, they're shocked. And I'm not the kind of person where I make being short my entire personality. In fact, because it's not that it shocks people because I don't bring it up often, but I always bring it up before someone meets me. I'm like, hey, I'm short. Be prepared uh, because it it throws people off. They always assume like I'm like five five, <laughs> but no, nope, I am Four eleven. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I would not have
0: known that about you. It is that is always very shocking yeah. to me when I've met people that they're either way taller or way shorter or something, and because we're always sitting down or in some other position where you wouldn't know. So yeah, that's a fun fact. I love that. Yeah. And how tall are you? I am five four, so I feel short. I'm actually the shortest in my family. Uh, we have three kids, and my son, our youngest, just passed me by. So
1: I'm the shorty. <laughs> wow yeah. Yep, that's that's right around the corner for me they're gonna pass me up any minute <laughs> yeah, yeah okay let's
0: get into the good stuff that's fun of course uh but we are real talk around here so you just released a book um a book and a devotional correct yes yeah yes um, so the book is standing confidence and then the devotional what's the name of that
1: 100 Days of a Life-Changing Confidence, and it's a devotional journal, so you can write in it.
0: Ooh, I love that. That's so good. And is yes. this your first, are these your first books?
1: They are my first when it comes to a traditional publisher. Okay. Uh, technically, I've written five in total, but they're my first with, uh, with traditional publishers.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, and yeah, that's what we're actually both with the same your book, <laughs> we're both at the same publishing house. So that's been fun. We kind of got to know yes. each other a little bit there. Let's, before we jump into that topic, because I'm excited about this topic period, it's something that is near and dear to my heart as well, but you ha- are the founder of the Confident Woman. What can you tell us about that name and how that even came about for you?
1: Yes. Okay. So I lead a ministry called Confident Woman Co., which is we equip women to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. And it happened by accident. <laughs> this was not my plan for my life. What happened was whenever my husband and I first started dating, it was the first time we intentionally had dated God's way and we wanted to do it right. And we found that there weren't a lot of examples Around us, and we would seek out mentorship and couldn't find it because even when we did, the couples we found maybe they didn't wait until marriage, or um, maybe they weren't even happily married. And so we just felt a, a missing piece. And so, what we did was we started creating YouTube videos sharing our journey about dating God's way. And before that, I didn't have a lot of belief in my voice and how God could use it. I definitely lacked confidence. And when I stepped out in faith and did that with, with Michael, I realized how much of an impact we were making. Um, And then from there it evolved. Um, He encouraged me to start a blog and encouraged me to start sharing on Instagram, which is something I didn't believe in um, because I was just so insecure. I didn't think anybody would want to listen to me, but with a nice little nudge of encouragement, it pushed me to do what I wouldn't have normally done. And I realized it was making an impact. Um, And so over time, I started to see a theme um, that in the areas that God is stretching me, growing me, leading me when I'm able to lead others in that I grow in confidence, they grow in confidence. And so back in 2018, my husband and I stepped out into full-time entrepreneurship. Um, This is the same man I was dating. So we're still together. And we, we, He stepped out in full-time entrepreneurship and full-time ministry at the same time. And it was terrifying because we had a son and a daughter on the way and I was pregnant. So it was just the time was crazy. But during this time, I launched my first ever coaching program and I called it the Confident Woman Mentorship Program. And then later on that year, the Lord uh, told me to do an online conference and so I just kept it simple, and I called it the Confident Woman Online Conference. And then he led me to do a retreat. And so I just kept it simple and I called it the Confident Woman Atlanta Retreat. I was in Atlanta during the time. And so I ended up seeing this theme, and I thought to myself, I don't want to take the women that I'm called to just from event to event or from program to program. I want to nurture them on an ongoing basis. So I just started an Instagram called Confident Woman co. People ask me, what does the co stand for? I tell them, I don't know. It's whatever you wanted to stand for. It could be company. It could be collective, whatever you want. And um, once I started uh, sharing on that platform and um, consistently nurturing that community um, and got the website up and everything, it really, God just breathed on it. And um, he shifted even what I thought it was going to be. And that's how it came to be. Um, from there. And now it is an international organization and we are officially nonprofit. And I have g- groups from all over the world who uh, meet with one another online and are able to connect. And um, it's beautiful. I
0: love that because it's, I feel like I can relate to so much of your story and um, that it's doing the next thing that God asked us to do. Just those little steps of obedience that we don't see the whole picture yet, but we just know, okay, the Lord's speaking to me to do this. And that is what has built so much of my own confidence, not so much in myself, but in the Lord, you know, of like, okay, he's, I don't understand it. I'm not totally fully sure exactly where we're heading with this, but Lord, I trust you and I'm just going to be obedient to take the next step. And then you said a statement there that I love, and you said that, and God breathed on it. You know, it's like, OK, our job is just to do the next thing. And then if he breathes on it, I mean, of course, it's going to be fruitful. <laughs> he can't breathe on something in it and it not be fruitful. Yes. So
1: that's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I have to share this quote. It's our job is obedience. God's job is outcome. Mm, that's good. Our job is faithfulness. God's job is fruitfulness. And so that's what you're talking about. Us just partnering and him breathing. Yeah, wow. that's so good. I love it. Uh, okay, so now let's talk about
0: we're, you know, in this theme of confidence, that's what you wrote your book on. Um, but with that, then you speak a lot to our insecurities that can also come alongside, you know, kind of pop up whenever we're starting to step out and do some of these things and, and different things. And tell us a little bit about insecurity, what that has looked like in your life, how you've overcome it, your heart behind that, that piece of the message.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to say it was just last year. I was um, just going down memory lane, scrolling on my old Facebook statuses. And I was actually just with some family members, and we were just laughing about the old things we would post. And so I made it all the way back to 2011. And there was a status in particular that stopped me dead in my tracks. And it said, I feel like my insecurities get in the way of everything in my life. Wow. And yeah. Whenever I, I read that, it shook me to my core because I was reading it from, you know, future perspective and, and just kind of taking a peek into past Amanda. And I remember what that was like. I never felt good enough. I was constantly questioning myself. Uh, I was a lot less decisive, always feeling like an imposter. I felt like there are holes at the bottom of my bucket that no matter how much love, validation, affirmation was poured in, it would inevitably seep out of the bottom. It wasn't enough. And I felt like I was never enough. And that insecurity hindered me in so many ways. It affected the kind of relationships that I thought that I deserved. It impacted the kind of opportunities I thought I could take or the types of things that I felt capable of doing. Um, and it did, in fact, get in the way of everything in my life. And so insecurity had been such a plague in my life. Um, I didn't I, I couldn't even envision my life without it. Um, and so, yeah, God took me on a journey of reestablishing my confidence in him. Um, and that is what changed everything. Um, so that is my experience with insecurity. Absolutely,
0: and I feel like you—it's rare to meet somebody who doesn't struggle with some level of insecurity. I think it expresses itself differently in different people, mm-hmm. but it yeah. a lot of times, if you do some digging and you know flip over enough rocks, you'll find insecurity lying beneath there. What do you feel like is a Have you noticed any common themes or um, certain narratives that really fuel that voice of
1: insecurity? Hmm. I would say that clarity leads to confidence and confusion will lead to insecurity. Hmm. And many times we lack clarity because we lack connection. And many times we're so connected to the world and not connected enough to God. And so what happens is that the voices of people, the voice of culture, the voice of every other hired hand is louder than the good shepherd. And so when that happens, we're not able to see God clearly. We're not able to see ourselves clearly and it it leads to insecurity. So I believe the more connected we are to God, And the more clearly we can hear his voice, the more confident we are. And in this world, there's so many different places where women are told to find their confidence. We're told to find our confidence in our appearance, in our sex appeal, even our intelligence, our work ethic our ability to be a boss babe or it depends on the context too it depends on what denomination you're a part of right like because different church environments will have different standards like you know some some church environments say you're not a godly woman unless you wear skirts jean skirts down to your ankles and others are like you're not a godly woman unless you are preaching and laying hands on people You know, and and so the standard is consistently shifting in order for us to find confidence that lasts is to place it in a standard that no longer changes. Mm. And that is in the sacrifice of Jesus.
0: Ooh, that's good. In a standard that no longer changes. That's good because he's our firm foundation. Yeah.
1: That will not change. Absolutely. Mm hmm absolutely yeah. he changes everything yet he never changes mm-hmm. and that's why he's stable and that's why we can be confident we can't be confident in the flesh we can't be confident in the things of this world mm-hmm. because they're not stable only he is that's why the scripture calls him our rock yeah <laughs> he is our rock he's the rock of our salvation rocks are obstinate you know rocks are immovable and i used to think like a rock like a pebble but if we just reimagine rock like a mountain You cannot move that rock. (laughs) You cannot change that rock. (laughs) And that is the kind of rock that we have in Christ. Absolutely. This resonates so much
0: with me uh, because actually in the introduction of my book, the topic of my book is on body image, but I spend most of the book bringing people back to a secure attachment to God uh, because I found this really cool study that actually it was cool because it was a secular study, but it was a um, evidence based study and The scientists found and admitted that a secure attachment to our creator improves your body image. Well, we know it improves more than just body image, right? (laughs) It improves everything, right? That secure, I mean, what's opposite of insecure? Secure, right? Like, and so what do we need to be secure in? Something that will not change. And that's why, yeah, when when we try to put our security in something that has the ability to change, And we know that, you know, we may not ever audibly say that out loud, but when our faith and our hope and our, you know, security is lodged in something that has the ability to change, you know, my bank account could change tomorrow, you know, my health could change tomorrow, like all these things could change. Well then yeah we're constantly in t- turmoil and freaking out a little bit cuz you're like oh my goodness all my hope is planted in something that it may it may change and and honestly it there's pretty much a guarantee it will change like i am going to get older like i am going to have wrinkles yeah. one day like you know my my situations will change over the years so that's why that um being on that solid foundation of jesus is so important yeah
1: this is good stuff i love <laughs> oh, i love that you said that because Many times when we as women say that we're insecure, it is almost like this fufu, intangible, metaphorical insecurity, as in um, I feel insecure. I'm not sure if that's rooted in truth, but that's just how I'm feeling. However, what you just did was you materialized insecurity. It is literal insecurity. If you place your confidence in your looks, as you say. It is literally an insecure place to place your confidence because you know it will change. So therefore, it is not secure. It is not safe. It is not obstinate. Uh, And so if you feel insecure about your looks, it's kind of like, yeah, you should. Mm -hmm. That's not a secure foundation. Yeah. (laughs) If you feel insecure uh, about your abilities, yeah, you should because your abilities will change. But the only secure place we can place our confidence is in Christ. And so I don't think I ever had that revelation of how literal it is. This is not metaphorical. It's literally insecure. You should feel insecure because it's not a stable foundation. Um, That that is really powerful. So thank you for sharing that with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that I realized I was going to go there. I feel like that might have been the Lord just like taking us there. Um, Yeah, that's that's cool. And and also I love to. This is probably a bit of the counselor in me too, but I also love to lean into those hard places because sometimes it's in those hard places that the Lord really will speak to us. Like just that phrase you just said of, yeah, that is, you should be insecure if you're placing your hope in that thing, right? Like that's actually kind of a good yeah. thing that I need to wrestle through and come to the realization of, oh, yikes, that is scary. Or not scary, but that is not a wise choice to put my my hope and my security in something that is ever changing. All right. So in your book and in mm-hmm. your teachings and things, you describe four components of confidence. Can you unpack those mm-hmm. for us? I know, I, I'm sure this question is super fun to get on a podcast because you're like, really? I spent a whole book telling you about the four components, but, but mm-hmm. as best as you want to, or however you want to just give us the summary of those.
1: I love talking about it because it'll set somebody free. Uh, so the four components of confidence are f- four pillars Uh, that God established in my life. And I believe he establishes in anyone's life. If we let him that lead to confidence. So the first component of confidence is clarity. And this is clarity about knowing who you are, because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Many times we lack clarity. So we lack confidence. We don't know what to do because we don't know who we are. And so um, in clarity, I talk about embracing your God given identity, not discovering it but embracing it because it's already established. And then defining your God-given design um, because although our identity is static and uh, universal for those of us who belong to God, um, our our design isn't. We're unique and designed uniquely by God. And so when we have the confidence to know who we are, we won't feel the pressure to be anyone else. So clarity is that first component of confidence. The second component of confidence is connection. This is where I talk about your connection with God and your connection with others. And it has to go in that order because your connection with God is a one relationship that will affect every other relationship. So I I talk a lot about hearing God's voice, um, tuning into him so that you can be led by him. Also picking your people with God. I, I think about, um, all of my insecurities that I've had and even leading other women to overcome their insecurities, you can almost always trace it back to a person mm. that was in their life. An event that happened at the hands of someone who maybe God didn't ordain in their lives or maybe you need to heal from that. Um, so the, the people that you're connected to will cultivate your confidence or it can crush your confidence. Um, so your connections matter. And then the third component of confidence is competency because the more competent you are, the more confident you are. If you want to be a more confident engineer, you got to just get good. (laughs) If you want to be a more confident musician, you just got to put in the reps. Like there's, there's no way around doing the work, but what is the work that we need to do? What is it that we need to get competent in, in order to be confident no matter what environment we're in. And that comes down to healing and deliverance meaning finding freedom from your past so that you can have a stable future and renewing your mind. Um, And so I talk a lot about practical ways to heal and practical ways to renew your mind um, in that competency piece. And the final piece is conviction. The last, last component of confidence is conviction because none of this matters if you don't have A a big why that's driving you. You have to have something bigger than yourself. The thing is, uh, many years ago, when I was in that state where my insecurities got in the way of everything, I would walk into a room and I had this entitled mentality of why isn't anyone talking to me? Why isn't anyone saying hi to me? Everybody's so clickish." yada, 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 yada. But once I I guess, reestablish my confidence, I realized how short-sighted that mentality was because I was only focused on myself and I wasn't focused on others. And because I was only thinking about myself, it made me more insecure. And so I believe we need to be others-focused and others-driven in this life. And if it all ends with, oh, I'm a confident woman, I can walk into a room, I belong in any room, great for you, but how is that impacting someone else? And so insecurities will arise. And feelings of inadequacy will arise. It's not that we need to avoid those things, but it's that we need a conviction greater than those fears, greater than those inadequacies to help us face those fears, to help us overcome those insecurities. Um, And so conviction is all about knowing your God-given responsibility and using your God-given authority. And this responsibility is to God because we will stand before him one day. And this responsibility is to others because uh, we have a responsibility to reach the loss and support our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, And we can't do that unless we um, consider them more important than ourselves. So these four components of confidence, clarity, connection, competency, and conviction, whenever you establish those four things in Christ, that's when you build a confidence that lasts.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Preach. This was so good. I was over here taking fast and furious notes because I'm like, ooh, I have I have questions about every single one of these. And on the on that note, on the one that you just ended on, the verse came to mind as you were speaking that, you know, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And we will never know anybody more secure and more confident than Jesus, right? You know, the one we've been talking about this whole time that we have to have this, our confidence in. And yeah, like just that reminder of and that's so obviously very opposite from what the world teaches us. And, you know, the messages yeah. that we've received that, you know, to be a confident leader looks like actually serving. What? You know, like what? Yeah. Not, like not always just thinking about myself yes. all the time. Oh, my goodness. What's this? Very, very different, but a very kingdom mindset,
1: kingdom confidence. Um, yeah. Can I speak to that yeah. before we move on? Because yeah. that I love that you brought up Jesus because... There was a moment where Jesus, before he went to the cross, he was praying to the Father and he said, if if you could take this cup away from me, like if there's any way, please do. But he understood. It's, it's almost as if he was like counting the cost of what it would be like to go on the cross. And he understands how painful it's going to be, how challenging it's going to be. And yet, while he was asking the father to take the cup from him, he still drank it. Not because he he was not human, because he was fully human, but only because he had the joy set before him, right? He had us in mind. He thought about his purpose and his calling and his conviction to serve us was greater than his fear. And so it wasn't that he, he didn't face those concerns. That, that those concerns didn't arise, but he was able to override them because of his deep-seated conviction. Um, and so I, I just love that you brought up Jesus because I was just reading in Hebrews today that we do not have some high priest who isn't able to um, identify with our weaknesses, but we have someone who is tested in every way because he was human, and he can relate to us. And so if we want the perfect picture of what it is to walk in confidence, even when, <laughs> not not just even if, but even when life is crumbling before our eyes is Jesus. So I, I just love that you brought that up. Yeah, Ooh, that's
0: that's powerful. And I love that visual of the conviction. I'm very, I'm very, um, well, I'm visual like that. If you can give me a, a picture of something of just that he was looking ahead, so even though it was hard here and he might have felt insecure here, he his conviction was so much stronger. I used to say my why has to be greater than my what ifs, um, and that why mm. you know just those whys have to be. Yeah, we have to be has to be something bigger and greater than just what's right here in in the right now. Uh, you said a couple things. Uh, we won't, you know, linger too, too much on each of the points just because uh, we are almost out of time. Plus, you know, everybody, of course, needs to just get your book and dive in even deeper on all the things. But a couple things I wanted to bring up because I thought were unique that I had not heard somebody speak to. In the clarity piece, you made a comment about you need to embrace who you are, not discover because you're, you are, you know, that you are who you are. That is a different, and I liked that verbiage on that. So can you practically, I'm a practical girl, give our listeners an example. What does that look like for me just to embrace versus discover?
1: I think in order to embrace who you are, you first have to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And many times we can't embrace who we are because we don't know who we are. Okay. So. Almost all spiritual attacks, I won't say every single one, but I would say almost all spiritual attacks are attacks against our identity. And so if we want to be stronger in those battles, and if we want to be more centered when it comes to our confidence, we have to stand on the word. And the word of God gives us a new identity. The moment we give our lives to Christ, the scripture says, That anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We are a new creation. And what is that new creation? Well, we're, we're children of God. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We're chosen by God, dearly loved by him. Like this is who we are. We are his kingdom. (laughs) We are the body of Christ. These are, are things that are written in scripture, identities given to us that we don't have to search within ourselves to find, but rather we read it and we understand this is my new identity. I am no longer considered a sinner. I am now a saint. I am no longer identified by my righteousness, but I am identified by Christ's righteousness. These are things that we have to internalize. And that's why I say embrace, because we may hear it in Sunday school. We may hear it Sunday mornings, but we don't believe it because our actions prove that it's not what we truly believe. I'll give an example. Someone may say that they want to quit smoking. And while they want to quit smoking, they can say to themselves, I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm a smoker. I'm trying to quit smoking. Um, It's a habit that I'm trying to kick. If they use that verbiage ascribed to that mentality, essentially what they're saying is, I am a smoker. This is my identity. And what do smokers do? Smokers smoke. So rather than (laughs) trying to change your behavior, You have to reorient your identity. So what would be more effective would be rather than saying, I'm a smoker, I'm trying to quit smoking. You can say, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a smoker anymore. And if I'm not a smoker, I don't smoke. And that identity based shift can actually change your life. And so when I see us as as believers falling into habitual sin, it's an identity issue. It's because we we identify more with our sin more than we're identifying with Christ's righteousness. When I see us living beneath our God-given potential, it's because we identify with our old self more than we identify with our new self. And so when I say embrace your identity, it's not just hearing it on Sundays, but it's renewing your mind until you believe it and embrace it. And then building that upon upon, uh, a foundation of love, because at the end of the day, we're not human doings, we're human beings and we're loved by God. And so no matter what we do for God, we're identified by his love, which will never change and can never change. The scripture says nothing can separate us from the love of God.
0: Absolutely. I think a lot of us are walking around singing. I am a child of God, but not really acting like, you know, receiving that as our identity. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, this is so right. good. Okay, I have to, one final thing that I wanted to bring up that you, you mentioned, because this is something that is very near and dear to my heart, and you mentioned um, on the part about connection, connecting to God first and foremost, and then others, and you you said a statement in there um, of hearing the voice of God. This is something that is, I'm very passionate about. I'm clear about this in my book, I'm clear about this as many places as I can be, that I am... Failing as a leader, if somebody thinks they need to come talk to Rachel to figure out what they need to do, right? Because then I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. I want to teach you how to hear God's voice for you, right? Like, that's my goal. <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, yes, of course, we seek wise counsel. We we have mentors. We do all those great things. Those things are great. Um, But I'm very passionate about people knowing how to hear God's voice for them, without having to feel like they have to talk to somebody else in order to get a word from God or something so if we can I know that's this is kind of a big question to end on but I know that this is something that you're passionate about too is um what is a practical way for people to start if they're listening and they're going I don't know how to hear God's voice I want to like what do you mean by that how can I hear God's voice and who I'm supposed to be who are my people and things like that what what would you say that that is a, a tip or something you would encourage them with on that?
1: The first thing I would say is uh, the Bible says, um, well, Jesus said in the Bible, my sheep know my voice Mm. and the voice of a stranger, they won't follow it. So the first thing I would say is God speaks and he doesn't have a speaking problem. He is a good shepherd. A good shepherd won't neglect his sheep. God doesn't have a speaking problem. Oftentimes we have a listening problem. And I will also say you are God's sheep. That's an that identity based statement. So if you are God's sheep, you can confidently say, I do know God's voice. Many times we're rehearsing this, this narrative in our mind. I, I hear it all the time. I don't know if I can hear God's voice. Well, then what you're confessing is that you don't belong to him. Ooh. What you're confessing is that he is not your shepherd. What you're confessing is you are not his sheep. Because the Bible says, My sheep know my voice. Start reorienting your identity. He's your good shepherd. We don't have a speaking problem. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. So, what I would say is, many times God is speaking, but it's drowned out by the noise of all of the other opinions of people. So, He said, The voice of a stranger, they won't follow it, which is clear. There will be strangers that speak, there will be strangers that that are hired hands that would encourage us to follow them rather than following Christ. And so in order for us to hear God's voice, it requires us to turn down the noise, which means many times, I mean, many times it is creating an environment of stillness in our hearts, like literally getting in a room where it is quiet, where you turn off the distraction of your phone. Uh, it it could be taking a moment to fast because many times when we fast, it is disconnecting us from the world and reconnecting us to God. Whatever of stillness where you're tuning down everyone else's opinion and turning up the volume of God's truth. So that's what I would say. And, And the other thing I would say is, um, the the Bible describes the voice of God as a still, small voice. And so if someone is whispering to you, you got to lean in. You got to lean in. The Bible also says that anyone who seeks will find. Anyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And he's a good father who gives good gifts to his children. And so if you lean in. If you truly seek God and believe that he will answer you, he will speak. It may be like a whisper, but he'll be there. And so my encouragement to you is believe that he wants to speak to you. He wants to communicate with you more than you want to communicate with him. Turn down the noise of everybody else's opinions and lean into God and you'll hear him speak.
0: Oh, Amanda. Woof, that was powerful and that blessed me too. And it just felt like we're ending in a place of peace and rest because that also is a restful way of hearing the Lord and of moving, of doing anything in life. And it's just, okay, still, calm, quiet, gentle, which is, again, opposite of sometimes what we're inclined to do. You know, we're inclined to maybe go harder and push in, you know, do, do more. And then you can do all these things. And it's actually just that encouraging word of, okay, just pull back. Give the Lord space, you know, to listen and lean in mm-hmm. when he's talking. And that's very encouraging. I love that. All right. Where can, tell us now all the things, of course, where they can get all the books, where they can connect with you, all the, all the stuff you want the listeners to know about you.
1: Yes. Well, I think the easiest place to find my books is Amazon. It's just easy. I'm on Amazon multiple times a week. I know you are too. So just go to Amazon. <laughs> um, you can type in uh, stand in confidence from sinking in insecurity to rising in your God given identity, as well as a hundred days of life changing confidence. And you can find my books there. Um, and I pray that they make a massive impact in your life and that you become everything that God has called you to be. You can also find me, um, my website is Amandaapitman.com. And um, if you're interested in connecting with other like-minded Christian women, um, you can go to confidentwomenco.com and uh, join our community. We have women who are just like you, who are looking to find the right connections. Um, because sometimes you have to be intentional about that. And you can also follow us at confidentwomenco. On Instagram, and um, you can also follow me on on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever. Just type in Amanda Pittman YouTube, you'll find me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and you have a podcast as well, correct?
1: I do. Yes, it's called the Confident Woman Podcast. That's what I thought. I
0: was like, yeah, I'm like, I know, I know your podcast. Awesome. Okay, well, yeah, and of course, to the listeners, every thing that she just mentioned will be in today's show notes. So, and then, yeah, yeah. Just type her name in and you will find all the things. And I always am very blessed by your social media posts, your reels and things like that. Very much appreciate the truth and the, that you speak and it's just anointed. So thank you for, for that. So definitely go follow her there as well. Well, Amanda, thank you again for being here today, for sharing your wisdom with us, for your yes, for your obedience. I was very blessed by our conversation and I know our listeners will be as well.
1: I was so blessed by it too. Thank you for having me. This is lovely.
0: It's time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. The phrase God gave me for today's practical tip was rest and hear. Now, rest is my word for the year here in 2023. I have to be honest, when God spoke that word to me, I kind of wanted to argue because if you haven't heard by now, I'm launching my book, in this first quarter of 2023 so rest initially i was thinking wait what i should be something like you know i don't know why all words are just leaving my brain right now i was gonna i was about to say something like go get them or get out there get it done you know you got this courageous like something right action action words right action phrases that's what my brain would have thought god would tell me but no god said rest And I'm sharing this with you because I don't think it's just a word for me. I think it's a word for us as a community. I hope you're joining us on our Monday Talk Therapies this month. We are dedicating the very first of this year, the entire month. We're in a series called First Fruits. It's a First Fruits series. And we're going through different topics and saying, okay, Lord, here, I'm giving the first of this area. And one of the areas I felt he really put on my heart strongly was this area of rest and a Sabbath. Um, so if you are missing those, please go tune in. Those are short episodes, and I know that the Holy Spirit is just going to speak to you through those. But here, let's come back to rest for right now in this practical segment here. Rest, it's not just a suggestion. It's a commandment for our well-being. We cannot make sound decisions from a place of burnout rest is a gift it's also where we can hear god's voice as amanda and i discussed on today's episode right when we pull away and we get quiet and we rest then that's really some of the most beautiful times where we can just hear so clearly what god is saying to us but for today's segment here's what i want to do i feel like sometimes when we hear that word rest Some of us envision laying down on the couch or, you know, staring at the wall, like something super motionless, right? And while that's true, rest is sometimes taking a nap on the couch or maybe, you know, I don't know about staring at a wall, but I have definitely laid in my bed before and just stared at the ceiling, um, just trying to decompress before. And sometimes rest does look like that, but it doesn't always look like that. So I want to leave you with a few outside-of-the-box questions to ponder about rest and what it particularly looks like in your life. So number one, how can I rest in the work? This might sound like a weird question, but I, had, I have someone doing intercessory prayer for my book and the launch of this book, and she gave me a word that really just resonated with me. She said, Rachel, the Lord is calling you. To find rest in the harvest. And you don't always hear those two things together, right? You're not thinking, wait, work and rest at the same time? But I believe we can do both. And I feel like the Lord gives us strategic ways to do so. So how can I rest in my work? And here's another question to kind of follow up on that one. God, show me pockets of rest in my day. Let him show you ways to just be creative. Maybe it's as simple as, you know, leaving your phone in the other room and not taking it with you when you're doing stuff. Or, okay, I, I'm about to do TMI here. Um, how about not taking your phone to the bathroom? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I mean, I'm just sharing things how it is, but uh, that we don't even have privacy in our own bathroom because we're taking the whole world in there with, with us when we bring our phones in. You know, just little things like that, that would we would be much more rested And again, I'm not just talking about physical rest, mental, emotional, spiritual, pulling away from all the noise at times and just being. All right, another question. What does a true Sabbath day of rest look like in this season? What does it look like in this season? Because again, depending on your vocation and different things, a day of rest might look different in every season. I know for me, when I had little babies and toddlers at home, a day of rest looked very different, right? Of course, I still had to care for my children on those days, but it meant, hey, maybe not checking email that day or not scheduling anything. Like you, you get with the Lord and you look at that and say, okay, what does this look like for me? And then finally, let's leave with this. Holy Spirit, what are you whispering to me today? I wanted to end on that one because you know, Amanda brought that up today, that the Bible says the voice of the Lord, it's a still, it's a small voice. It whispers. So we'll have to lean in to hear that. So I just want to encourage you, practically speaking, lean in today. Take some time after you get off of this podcast, shut shut down the noise of other stuff, whatever that looks like for you, and lean in and hear what the Lord is saying to you today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single person sitting under the sound of my voice. Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross that we can stand confidently in our identity, and you. Because we know that you are our firm foundation. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved when we stand on you. We thank you for that. God, I thank you for this gift of rest. May we take that and utilize it. May we use this gift. Show us how to have entire Sabbath days of rest where we can just be and not do and hear your voice. But then also show us pockets of time in our days where we can find that same rest. We give this very first of this year to you, Father. We dedicate it to you. We give it back to you. You gave us this life and we just give it back to you. Please bless this year and may every single thing that we put our hand to prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am only going to mention this a couple more times because it's about to be closed, but I have a private invitation for my podcast listeners only at this point. Uh, my book launch team is unofficially open, and I have space to lead 100 women through an early release copy of my book, Image Store. Now, let me clarify A hundred women are going to get a physical copy of my book early. And then anybody who joins after that. So if you're listening to this and you go to join and it's like, oh man, the, you know, the hundred spots are already taken. We will take more than 100, but anybody after that first 100 is going to get digital copies, early release copies. So it's still totally a win-win-win for everybody. Um, But if you want to be in that first round of 100 people who are going to get those physical copies of the book six weeks early, and then I'm going to walk you through the book, and we're going to have like the most fun ever in a private uh, group, and we're going to do some group coaching, it's going to be a blast. I'd love to have you in there. Um, So I'm giving you all, that's why I said I'm giving you all the first chance to sign up for this group. Um, To learn more and register, go to imagerestoredbook.com. You can click the link there to join the launch team. And then also that same page, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I'm not interested in the launch team, that same page is going to show you all the pre-order bonuses there, as well as the book trailer, as well as all the things you would ever want to know about the book. So just go check it out, imagerestoredbook.com. Well, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. And I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.